Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I am your host, Keith Koo, and today I'm joined by Renee Wang, CEO of CastBox, as well as Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. Hello. Hi, Keith. It's good to be here. In this week's tech news, Google just announced a study they did with Northwestern Medicine where they created an artificial intelligence or AI model capable of detecting lung cancer from tests better than human radiologists with an average of eight years experience for each of the doctors. When analyzing a single CT scan, this model detected cancer 5% more often on average than a group of the six human radiologists and also was 11% more likely to reduce false positives. They actually said that when humans or AI had access to past scans, then the data conclusions were much more smoothed out. But this led me to think, how comfortable would you be if you knew that a robot was giving you your diagnosis versus a human, even if you knew that the robot was going to be more accurate? In other news, First American Mortgage Corp., which is located right here in Silicon Valley, they're one of the largest title companies in the United States. They just announced, well, they didn't really announce it. Brian Krebs of Krebs on Security, he announced that they had 16 years of mortgage data available out in the open. All you had to do was know how to get to it. First American didn't respond to Krebs at first before he released the notes, which is usually his style. But the stuff that they had access to was seller information, which would be personal name, marital status, your physical address, email address, who your mortgage lender is, and actually your social security number. And again, this wasn't necessarily a hack or an intrusion. This is a vulnerability where the service provider, First American, did not secure their data. Flipboard, which is a news aggregator, they had a universal password reset of 150 million users. And they did that because they said that their databases had two intrusion attempts one between June 2nd, 2018 and March of 2019, and also April 21st and 22nd of 2019. They said that an unauthorized entity had accessed their data and potentially absconded with it. So if you're a Flipboard user, you should be sure to change your password. A similar story is Snapchat um, announced that their internal tools were abused to spy on their users and pillage their data. Just as a reminder, Snapchat is intended to be an ephemeral type of experience. You can just snap something and send it off to the ether, and most users think that that's gone forever. And as I've said many times, I would never make that assumption. And that's the Tech News of the Week. So welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Koo. And again, I'm joined by Renee Wang, the CEO of CastBox, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. And CastBox is a really innovative podcasting platform where you can also monetize your content. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. But before we get into that, I wanted to give a little bit about Renee's background, where she has done a lot of things in her career. She actually started uh, in Google 
really working on monetizing apps, which is again, something that's really near and dear to many content creators hearts. And uh, with that, uh, the, the story that's a buzz is that she even sold her house to start get this company started. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. I sold my house and uh, using the money to found the company about uh, two years ago. Yes. And um, so very interesting background. And I wanted Tina to talk a little bit about your background as well. Oh, I'm not as interesting as Renee. You know, I'm not living on the streets like she is. Just kidding. Um, my background was mostly in a B2B space and an enterprise. The last company I was with was um, SAP. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've done dabbled into web hosting and um, anti-security, um, anti-software, things like that. No, that's great. And uh, we just had Jenny Dearborn, the head of HR for SAP, on just a few weeks back. And uh, I think what I'm noticing, Tina, is that many enterprise folks, and I came out of enterprise as mm-hmm. well, mostly Cisco and the Bank of Tokyo, um, we are all doing a lot of work in startups because it's the new economy. Yes, the new subscription economy too, right? Yeah. So, Renee, I wanted to talk about the Castbox journey. How did that all get started? What what led you to you know put everything on the line, sell your house, and start this platform? Um, yeah, actually, I'm a really big fan of audio of podcast, especially spoken audio content. And uh, at that time, about three years ago, I was working for Google Japan. And I spend about uh, two hours per day, uh, you know, transfer from home to work and back to home. It takes me a long time to find uh, the content I may be interested in. And it also took a long time to organize a playlist. And the most thing uh, about three years ago, I, you know, I was in Japan, I'm learning Japanese, and I'm, you know, using English in my, uh, in my, in my work, and I still want to listen some Chinese content. So it makes things even more, you know, complicated to find the best uh, uh, content in different, in multiple languages. So at that time, I was thinking, why not I can build something which is multiple su- uh, language su- support, uh, which is really smart, personalized, uh, and also can help you to find the content exactly what we want. So that's why uh, I take this idea and I just ask some other friends and uh, they all have similar needs. They say that they feel like the streaming audio is kind of like, uh, should be replaced by a, a kind of on-demand audio thing. Yes. So that's why I think, okay, maybe let's, let us let me do something. And uh, But it was, uh, at that time there's like, uh, I think podcasts not as popular as today. And uh, it's really hard to find investors at the very beginning. And uh, I think, okay, if I really believe in, in the future of audio, I think I, I can make the beginning by myself. So that's why I sold my house and using the money to, you know, to uh, rent an office, to hiring, try to hire more people. And also I personally developed the first version of CastBoss by myself. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh and also I try to convince all the all my old friends, team members and uh, classmates from high school, from college and all all my, you know, ex Googlers friends to join me. And I, I think I convinced at least one hundred people <laughs> at the very the first one month. 
only three of them <laughs> uh, agreed to join Castbox. Okay. And、uh, but anyway, we start with a very humble beginning,、yes. but、uh, and continually to grow and build until today. And, and how large is that today? Ah,、uh, nowadays we have seventy people of team members. Ah.、Uh, Forty of them works on Castbox, and more than twenty works on uh on content about our blockchain project. And also, we have a、uh, ambassador army from different countries, from Brazil, from uh, uh from European countries, from Japan, from you know other Asian countries. So this is like a, a, the the whole team work together to build Castbox. Well, and, the, and I, go ahead, Tina.、Please. And I'm just going to quickly chime in <laughs> that、uh, we just hit our 20 million user mark. That's yeah, a really big number. That's 20、yes. million around the world. Around the world, yeah, half of that in the U.S. So, thanks again for the intro. I mean, I think there's a lot to cover today. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about Castbox. We're going to talk about your blockchain project, Content Box, and really the Ambassador Program.、And、I think what will also be very, very interesting. Is to answer the question: Can you monetize your content, especially、uh, if you have a podcast, which I'd be very interested in. So again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today we're joined by Renee Wang, the CEO of Castbox, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer of Castbox. That is Castbox, which is C-A-S-T-B-O-X dot F-M. If you have any questions or comments, come to our website svi.biz or email us at info at svi.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call one eight 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 two eight seventy eight forty six. That's eight 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 two eight S V I N. Now back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your hosts Keith Koo. Hey, insiders! Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, joined by the leaders of Castbox, Renee Wang, the CEO, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. Welcome again. So today's question of the week is: Can you monetize your content? And this is a perfect question for the folks we have in the room, since we talked about in the first segment. Renee, who was originally a Googler, worked a lot on monetization of apps before jumping out and starting Castbox on her own. So thanks again. I think this is a great question. So can you monetize your content? Yeah, uh, uh, I think this like、uh, when it came to Castbox and Accountbox, and it will be different. For content creators to monetize their content, for Castbox, which we call it a classical internet, there are quite like different ways for people, for creators to monetize their content. The first one is audio, audio ads, and、uh, which we will going to launch some kind of like audio ads network in the coming year, and will helps for long tail. Partners and publishers to monetize their audio content and using a more programmatic way.、Uh, the second one is about the the existing content subscription or paywall、uh, options for podcasters. If they can make some of their content into premium or like at a bonus episode, they can also monetize via Castbox. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit more about that, right? Yeah.、Um, because you know, I have a radio show. Yeah. And the radio show produces the podcast, but I don't focus on it too much. I、yeah. know I have listeners in ninety-four countries, which is awesome, and you have, I think, a hundred and thirty countries or more.、Um, so, coach me. 
Yeah. Tell me, how, how would I do that? Because all my content's free right now. Yeah. So what would that mean, existing content in, a, in paywalls? Why don't we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, there are kind of two ways. First is like, you, you know, for I know all your, uh, your listeners is very high-profile listeners. And uh, maybe some of them didn't want to, you know, listen to all the ads which is integrated into the radio. Yes. And there's one way you can offer the ads-free content. And users can pay by month using subscription fee to say that, oh, I want an ads-free version of the of the show, of this great Silicon Valley Insider show. Got it. And the second way is like adding bonus episode. For example, uh, for every for every Friday you have a new show launch. Maybe you can add for one uh, add one more per month, which maybe you can invite some special guest, and you can maybe making it even in a more engaged live show content and make it as a bonus episode. And your followers and your fans want to support you. They can really make uh, at least, uh, for example, $12, $12 per month to su- subscribe your show and also enjoy the bonus ca- content and which is ex- exclusive. And this is another way for uh, content creators to monetize their content. I see. Yeah, and think basically we have did a research based on our users. Uh, about five percent of the users would love to pay for some uh, ad-free version and the bonus episode, and also they think this is a way for them to support their, you know, their host, their those podcasters. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's very clear. And then is this similar? Uh, I'll use an analogy. Is this similar to how YouTube monetizes? Uh, yes, yeah, similar, and uh, uh, I think not exactly the same. And I think YouTubers they have like uh, uh, most of their revenue came from audio of uh, video ads, and uh, and but for podcasters, I think current stage it's really hard for long tail podcasters to monetize. If you for every single episode, if you have fifty thousand download, you know per per show, and you may have some. You know, kind of like a podcast network, they can help you to sell ads, you know, but not using a programmatic way, but more like hands by hands and uh, using the Excel to manage all the content and manage all the ad slots. And uh, I think it should be replaced in a new way. And if compared to this part, I think it's more like a video, how, how YouTubers monetize. But what I mentioned about the subscription and the paywall is kind of like um, more targeted for audio content, especially for uh, audio consumers. They are really time savers. They don't want to waste time. They, they listen to audio only for the best quality content. So that's why there's more possibility for them to pay for as free version or pay for some exclusive audio content, which is high, pr- highly produced and which is really great uh, content. Thank you. And um, I want to come back because I think you've mentioned it twice. So I just want to make sure the listener understands. What do you mean by long tail? Uh, long tail it means, um, for example, like uh, uh, if you see every industry, they are kind of like top uh, uh, top creators. And maybe they have like... Um, you know, one million subscribers and or even more. And this is, we call it like tier one or, or top creators. And there are also some other uh, creators, which we call it long tail. And uh, they may not 
that popular as the top graders, but they work as a torso, torso part. And for them, they have their subscribers, maybe like one hundred or two hundred subscribers. But their content may be in for those one hundred subscribers and valuable to them. And for this kind of like individual or like small studio or podcasters or creators, we call it we call them long tail. I think the magic power of internet is to connect the long tail demand with the long tail supply. And whenever whatever you have a、uh, you have a demand, you have something you you are interested. There's something. You know who can some people who can give you the information you like. We call it long tail, and、uh, for I think all the technology part can really support and to help to improve the long tail monetization and the long tail distribution. I think that's a perfect example. I'll give you、um, a comparison. So back when、um, I was with Intuit, this is at a time、uh, where、uh, the way it works. Is if we think about data and analytics, or term big data, we think about Google, Google and Yahoo, and this is where Facebook was young. That is a lot of data. You know, back then, hundreds of millions, now billions of subscribers. But that's a lot of what we would call, or Peter Drucker, the famous、um, thought leader, would say, is information smog. You have a lot of information, but it's it's just too much. And then if you think about where Netflix and Amazon came in. They can get viewer viewer behavior, and then a company like Intuit, which knows TurboTax or QuickBooks, they know your financial information, down to the app. So Mint.com, which knows exactly your personal finances, and now we're talking about even more、um, hyper localized content. That is the I think the power you're mentioning with the long tail, right? And that's where matching that supply and demand. Which you just talked about is very powerful. Yeah, I think so. And also, especially in audio, before without technology, long tail didn't make sense because audio is a black box. You can only you know spend one hour to listen into the audio. You know what is inside. But with technology, for example, with Castbox, we have a very unique function we call in audio search. Basically, we transcribe every single audio into text and add time step. Into the audio, and then we understand what is inside, and using technology to help users to find exactly the content they may be interested. So that is like technology can really help to make the long tail demand, uh, uh, make it uh happen and make it be filled. Thanks, Renee, and I think that is where we're going to hit in the next segment even. More information on it because I think that's exactly what a lot of content creators, podcasters, really want to understand is where can they actually find the right listener, the right viewer, the right whatever to make sure that they're being effective. So you're listening to Keith Koo on Silicon Valley Insider with Renee Wang, the CEO of Castbox, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. And if you have any questions or comments, come to svin.biz or email us at info@svin.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call one eight 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 two eight seventy eight forty six. That's eight 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 two eight S V I N. Now back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host Keith Koo, joined today by Renee Wang, the CEO of Castbox, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. 
On this week's cyber tip, I'm really going to discuss more of a thought-provoking question. So I reported earlier that the city of Baltimore, similar to the city of Atlanta, is going through its third week of a ransomware attack. And the city decided that they weren't going to pay the ransom. Normally, what's asked for is Bitcoin. And they're working with the FBI to find out what happened. And they still don't have access to many of their systems. And we don't know what the long-term prospect is. But if we compare it to Atlanta, Atlanta lost 17 years of data in some instances. The root of this ransomware attack is back to what we call these NSA tools. So if you think about Edward Snowden and what he disclosed, the NSA actually has their own hacking tools to get into lots of things. And apparently this was an NSA hacking tool that's over five years old that somehow got released into the wild. Nefarious bad actors got a hold of it and they're now using it against people, including cities in the United States. So it's just something that creates an ethics question in hacking and this term that's called stockpiling of exploits, where people actually, including governments of the world, create malicious software programs for whatever purpose, and then they get released into the wild, and then you lose control of it, just like a real virus. And not related, but another interesting part of this is that the Chinese military announced that they will replace their Windows operating systems amid fears that the U.S. could hack them for such tools like these NSA hacking tools I just talked about for the city of Baltimore. The Chinese believe that they have to have a custom operating system for the military that is unhackable to foreign actors and other governments of the world. And it's not uncommon. I mean, North Korea also announced that they had built their own custom operating system, too. I think we just always have to think that the world continues to get more complex and that we just need to continue to keep ever vigilant. And that's the tip of the week. So welcome back to the show with Renee Wang, CEO of CastBox, and Tina Kwan, the chief marketing officer. Oh. In the earlier segments, we talked about the CastBox journey, and I think we got into some really heavy conversations about how do you monetize your content. And because we're on radio, um, how do you actually monetize something like a podcast? So we talked about the long tail in the last segment, which is where you can actually have a supply and demand between people creating very important and specific content and finding that right listener base. So I kind of want to continue on that and then go more even into what are things that CastBox is thinking about and what is ContentBox. Great, Keith. So I want to walk you guys to through, your listeners through the overall landscape of podcasting because many people probably don't know that within the podcasting space, only a handful of podcasters are actually making money. So there's probably half, a little bit over half a million podcasters out there. And let's say only 5% are making money. What happens to the rest of that huge gap, right? So to make money, I really need to, podcasters are really concerned about two things, okay? How do I grow my audience? So I can't get advertising until I have a significant amount of followers listening to me. But how do I do that, right? Without spending more promotions or putting more efforts into this. A lot of the times, our podcasters that we work with, they're coming to us, oh, how do we do more promotion on your app? How do we do cross promotions? Or can you help us promote you guys on our platform and various platforms? And then how do I monetize? So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Without the audience size to reach a certain amount, I can't get advertisers. So we've discovered along the way this year that, oh, there's definitely um, a gap that's missing in monetization. So 
there's two things we want to kind of talk about today, similar to what Renee said earlier. One was that um, we built this content box. It's this blockchain initiative. It's a public blockchain built for the digital content industry, not just for spoken audio, but also for um, publishing and video. But in this case, we saw a niche for podcasting in spoken audio because Mm -hmm. that's really our bread and butter. So we launched this public blockchain back in June. And what it does is it basically helps eliminate the middleman, the intermediaries, so that similar to how Patreon works, where your users or your fans can donate, we have this function. It's actually, it's a, um, we have this in, in CastBox right now. If you go to CastBox and download, you can actually see a digital wallet within your own space. And within the um, digital wallet, users or within the podcast, you can donate to your favorite podcaster, let's say you, Silicon Valley Insider, then I can um, donate you a certain amount of tokens to support you. Now, this begs an interesting question, where does this, where can this lead to? This will allow the podcaster to, to um, even do a mini crowdfund. So if I want to do a certain um, topic on or a, a, no, a whole new podcast on a show, but I don't have enough funding to go about doing this, I can ask my users, my listeners, my fans to donate into a crowdfunding platform and then allows me to self-fund and build a new podcast. So one, it allows me to grow my audience, allows me to to grow audience that doesn't rely on the typical system of advertising, but on user donations. And um, that's really the idea under um, Content Box and what we try, uh, strive to do. Um, the second thing that Renee talked about earlier is um, having a long tail end of um, uh, an ad network focusing on um, the smaller end of the podcasters that's within the, the ones that's not highly monetized today. And that is um, a new function we'll be rolling out next year. We also have a, another way, a special project that we're working on, um, which we, we will disclose hopefully um, sometime next year when you invite us back. You're definitely invited back anytime. Great. We, we hope to launch that also in Q1 of next year. So we've got two exciting functions and features that will help podcasters monetize. Thanks, Tina. And I think this is really great, right, um, for the shows we've done. We've done a lot of blockchain shows, and we've done shows on the way that the economy is changing. So what we just talked about, and I know some folks are familiar with Patreon, um, how do you take content and how do you take control and really liberate yourselves from traditional uh, ways of advertising and other vehicles that people are used to in terms of how they make their money? Um, I'm going to compare this to, we had a show with Jonathan Nelson, who's the CEO of the Hack Fund. And Jonathan talked about, in essence, tokenizing his fund, which is, in a sense, crowdsourcing as well, because you can now, he's trying to um, give access to the developing world on venture capital using a token. And what you're doing, especially for content and specifically for the audio world, which is podcasting, is the same thing. Because we get, you know, in essence, spoiled a lot being in the Western world, so United States, Western Europe, we're used to the dollar, the euro, and traditional sources of funding, although this isn't limited. But now we're talking about all the other countries of the world that um, don't have as developed as an economy, don't have the direct access. And this is what I think a lot of large industry players aren't seeing, is that people who 
have traditionally not had access to things like this are going to get access to it, and that's where the economy is really being built. Yeah, uh, I want to add some some more uh, ideas about content box. Um, the first reason why we uh, launched content box this year is because when we go deeper into the content industry, we do see tons of problem, tons of uh, long-standing problem to be solved in, in content industry. Once, as you mentioned, I think, how do I raise money to fund the best, you know, to, to, to launch my show or like to make my ideas into the real uh, high-produced content is a, is a, is very important, is a key or is a block for, for a lot of creators. So that's why I think Content Boss, as you mentioned, we try to tokenize everything. And um, for every creators, for example, for Silicon Valley Insider, we have users from 94 countries. And you have a lot of followers who want to support you, who know whatever you made would be great. But they may want to, they may not, they may they cannot, for example, invest in $1 million. They can only invest in 200 right. US dollars. You know, in this way, um, but before it's very hard. It's, it's impossible, you know, to get some listeners from China to uh, invest you, you, in, your, uh, in your great show, in your great coming show for 200 US dollars. But you using tokens, which is globalized things, and you can ask your followers to support you. And uh, whenever the show was made, and uh, uh, every single investors who used to, you know, using the tokenized things, uh, to- who use the token to support you, can share a certain portion of the benefit, because all the content will consumed also inside the blockchain as well. I mean, I mean, I'm not ta- talking about the thing will happen this year or even next year. I mean, talking about the things that will happen maybe in three years or in five years. I think this is the way how the new economy will will changing. Every single investors, you know, will be the same as every single your distributors and every single your listeners and your consumers. So it's kind of like we use the token to make sure and all the every behaviors can be tracked and can be reward and can be you know, and can be monetized one day. So this is like how, how Content Boss is, uh, will, will do, and everything will written in smart contract, which is cannot be changed easily. So, and all the monetization will be distributed automatically using the smart contract, you know, using the, using the open source code. So this is like, I think maybe in, in five years, you know, the, the, the content industry will be changed totally differently. And you, for, for, for you, like a great content creators, no need to ask for investors to support you, to, to give you money. Your followers, your listeners will be your major investors. And, and also, they, they will benefit from their investment and from their distribution behaviors. Thanks, Renee. And I know we have done a lot of shows on blockchain, but just in case... Um, for those who this is a new concept for them, uh, we've done prior radio shows, which are now podcasts. So you can listen to Off the Blockchain with Park and Debaj, which was uh, about a year ago. And we did a lot about what Renee's talking about um, introductory blockchain, how it's not only Bitcoin, what are smart contracts. And it's important because this is a really new area for lots of people. And so it doesn't hurt to keep reminding people of what this new economy represents. So once again, uh, you're listening to Keith Koo, Silicon Valley Insider, with Renee Wang 
and Tina Kwan of CastBox, and that's C-A-S-T-B-O-X dot F-M. Have any questions or comments, come to our website, svin.biz, or email us at info at svin.biz. And don't go away. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. It's Keith Koo. Welcome back to the show with Renee Wang, CEO of CastBox, and Tina Kwan, the Chief Marketing Officer. And today's whole show, you're going to want to go back and listen to all the segments because we're talking about something very important, which is how do content creators, such as podcasters, such as video creators, everything, how do you actually monetize your content, your podcast, when there's a half a million of you out there? Thanks again for being here. In the earlier segments, we talked about CastBox, ContentBox, which is your blockchain platform for, in essence, micropayments. What should people be thinking about whether they're listeners or whether they're content creators? Well, as listeners, we just want you guys to download CastBox on your app, Google Play app store. And the reason why is because we are the fastest growing, highest raised podcasting player out there. And we've specialized in content discovery. We have this proprietary function called in-audio search where you can search by keywords or phrases and you're able to pull to the exact second minute of whatever you're searching for in the audio. Whereas other players are only able to give you the podcast show or the episode. We can give you to the exact second of what you're looking for with an audio and just um, transcribed. For podcasters, we want you guys to engage with us. We want to know and we want to help you monetize through our content box blockchain initiative and through our other um, new um, features like the new ad network that we'll be launching next year. That's great. And it's no joke because CastBox already has over 20 million users. Yeah. So to find that, you would go to the Apple App Store or you'd go to Google Play or are there other distributions? Uh, Basically, you can just go check our website and we have like all the links there. We also support uh, Alexa, we support CarPlay, we support Android Auto, every every single smart devices. Okay. So then in, in terms of, because you two are experts in this space, what are the words of encouragement? What's the advice for content creators, especially podcasters? I would say that in this space today, podcasting is, I mean, if you compare it to radio right now, that we're at, what, 325 million, radio is at 14 billion, in two years, um, podcasting will be at doubling that, which is only like 630 million space, that it's still rapidly growing, but not at the level of video and, um, and radio. So there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of space. And there's a, there's a lot of consolidations happening in the space. Be patient. Um, a lot of players are in here to make podcasting um, more visible, um, make the community bigger. And we're all here to, to be that voice for the podcasters. And how would a podcaster actually start putting their content out on CastBox? They can just log in our website, castbox.fm, and we have free hosting there, and we have a very good analytics tool there. And also we have really great functions to help users to give supply comments and feedback to creators. So just check our website, and we have everything there. Okay, and that's something we didn't mention before is, are the content creators paying for CastBox? No. 
I think the only the only way how we can make Casper successful is make our creator successful. So basically, all the features we provide in Casper is free, and which we have not mentioned for Casper, we have raised more than thirty million US dollars until today, and another thirty thousand ETH for Counterbars. So for for Casper and Counterbars, we have enough fundings, and all these fundings we will focus on. To make sure the creators they can enjoy the free and good use the tools and functionalities to make sure they can grow their users and they can monetize their content. And then I think as a platform we can benefit at the end. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an important point to reiterate is that this is a platform that's free for the content creator and the features are free. And that by engaging in Content Box, which I think I just heard is on Ethereum. Uh, yeah,、mm-hmm. we 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 did the ICO based on Ethereum, but uh, uh, we are building our own public blockchain. Exactly.、Yeah. So using that engagement and going to the public blockchain Castbox Content Box itself is where you can really start to one get into the blockchain community and two then start to see how the new economy works. And again, this is a very low cost, free for the platform itself. Which I think is something that is a great differentiator. Yeah, and I personally believe the future of content industry would be global, would be decentralized. And I think again, how many countries are you in? We have users from two hundred countries, and we have a localized for one hundred and thirty-five countries, and we support seventy languages. Renee and Tina, thanks again for joining us today. I think it's been a really great show to talk about how listeners and content creators can use the Castbox platform. Thanks so much for having us, Keith. Yeah, thank you. Thank We're you, looking、Keith. forward to coming back. Definitely. So for this week's technology conundrum, in the news, talk about how AI is taking over the world. We did a lot of shows last month on that. So a few months back, I talked about Lil Marquela, which was a digital being. That was backed by many venture capitalists, and people didn't know whether she was real or not until she got hacked. Well, this week we talked about how the Chinese have an artificial intelligent news anchor that works 24 hours, seven days a week, and really there could be lots of benefits to that. You don't need to hire somebody; they're on all the time. But I think the question would be whether or not you could actually tell if you're watching personality that was digitally created. And this one was actually modeled after real people, so really just the mouth and the lips and the facial expressions change, but it's really the actual person. So that's the question for you: is whether you'd be comfortable listening or viewing an artificially intelligent being that isn't an actual person. So that's a wrap for the show this week. You're listening to Keith Koo, Silicon Valley Insider, and we questions or comments on anything on today's show, especially on how to monetize your content. Come to our website svin.biz. And leave us a comment or a note. And with that, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program, or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call one eight 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 two eight S V I N. That's one eight 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 two eight seventy eight forty six eight 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 two eight S V I N. 